The following podcast contains strong language and is suggested for a mature audience. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Off Your Chest with Josh. No Beth today because she is currently on her honeymoon. Wishing her all the best, of course. Spoiler alert for when she's back. The wedding was absolutely amazing. Uh, Honestly, it's going to make mine look like crap uh, in comparison, if I'm being perfectly honest with you, um, because grandiose would be a bit of an understatement. However, what we're going to be doing for you today is a little bit of a special episode, a bit of a treat, if you will. Uh, Because what we're going to be doing is uh, getting something out of the archives. Just under two years ago, in early 2021, uh, myself and my comedy friends, the guys over at Run Riot Comedy, decided that we were going to have a little bash at doing our own podcast. And the result was actually pretty decent. However, because we returned to doing live comedy, it sort of filled the void of of this. So uh, basically, uh, we didn't release it. And uh, I said, one day I will release it uh, in an episode of Off Your Chest when we need some emergency content. So I am breaking the glass on this emergency content. Um, Just let you know, there are three episodes that we recorded in total. This is the first one. I believe it was literally just called The Pilot. Uh, There might be some uh, familiar voices to you as well. Um, Noel, Alex and Quemby, I believe, all have been on the podcast in the past. Um, Just let you know, throughout the show, we will refer to ourselves as Square Peg Comedy. Now, we were called that at the time. However, a group from Nottingham started doing shows under that name. So we retired the name and became known as Run Right Comedy. However, at the time of recording in early 2021, we were still known as Square Peg Comedy. So ignore that bit. Uh, and also, there is a lot of swearing that I cannot be bothered to edit out. So discretion advised, it is just swearing. There's nothing, you know. No content warning required or anything like that. Uh, However, there is a segment called The Queen's Handbag. Um, She was alive when we recorded it. Anyway, please enjoy this. This is uh, Fun Machine from Run Riot Comedy. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Fun Machine. My name is Josh, and I've got very sweaty armpits. Hi, I'm Noel, and I'm obsessed with uh, Bombermon Wild Blueberry Jam. Uh, I'm Quemby. I am the embodiment of queer chaos. Bow before me. I'm Suzanne. I know how to hypnotise a chicken if I need to. I'm Adam, and as soon as virtual reality gets any better, you'll never see me again. Um, I'm Alex, and I was brought back from the dead after a failed Blue Peter attempt. Uh, we just want to welcome you to our little podcast, Fun Machine, from Square Peg Comedy, which is all of us. Today on the show, we have a quick look into the world of ships, as well as matchmaking, some very muscly and robotic fellas as well. Join us? I don't fucking know <laughs> No one will hear I this. I could maybe do with another go. <laughs> Uh, welcome to uh, Queen's Handbag, uh, the section of the show where we ask the questions that have never been asked before. Who would like to go first? Because I've got some burning questions here. Go for it, Josh. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, you, I don't want to start. Yeah, yeah no, give us an if, opener. If you've got burning questions, but you're only going to have a pile of ashes soon. So if they're actually on fire, you should ask <clears throat> okay. them now. Okay. Well, the the real question that I was I was in the shower the other day, and it occurred to me. Why is Blue Peter called Blue Peter? 
because it's a it's a it, why is it a ship? Why did why did they choose a ship for a children's variety show? Is the real question. Is it a children's variety show? I would I would argue with even that description. I but, I would say it's I would say it's light entertainment struck children's content. I mean, they content. do. A variety of things <laughs> on it, so well. Then, oh. I, I don't know if I'd use children's variety <laughs> show, but I can I can see how you got there. Is it not edutainment? Um, I think yeah. I, there's a lot of instructing. Going I'll on be honest with you. I haven't I have watched it so since I was eight. I, th- I think what we've uh, stumbled across is actually the real question: is what is Blue Peter? What is Blue Peter? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Well, I mean, if the title sequence is to be believed, it is some sort of blue ship. I believe. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Not to get. I believe. The, I don't know if I, if I want to reveal the real answer, but I believe it is some ship-related item, Blue Peter. But it could be all sorts of things. I mean, given that, it, you know, my my, I just think of a show from the you know, it started in the fifties, did it? So it was probably some. Reference to this, the fact that children used to work on ships until they were blue in the face, or you know, <laughs> the little kids they used to send up chimneys, probably were some shade of blue due to the lack of sunlight, and, and at least one of them was called Peter. I, th- I think I think that the children who they sent up chimneys up the chimneys were black with soot. <laughs> that, that tended to be. Uh, um, which it would get yeah, at I, sea at night, if you think about it. I mean, you know, there's there a lot of children's stuff has got like very dark origins, like uh, Ring Around the Rosie's Pocket Pose. It's about the Black Death. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mr. Blobby. Yeah, that's that's not so much. I don't know about dark origins, but that is just a dark, end dark product. ending. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I I think it probably is something like once there was a little orphan boy at sea who was the who smuggled, who smuggled himself below decks, and then he got boxed in by a wall of crates, and he got colder and colder, and poor Blue Peter shivered and shivered, and nobody found him till they reached the other side of the world, and that's why we remember Blue Peter. And today we're going to be making Tracy Island out of cardboard. <laughs> so, join us, won't you? <laughs> and it's just uh, an Ian has, from Ian has sent in uh, a life-size model of the original Blue Peter, and you can you can see there the scratch marks on the boxes where he tried to claw his way out. <laughs> so so it- thank you for sending that in, Ian. We'll be getting a Blue Peter badge in the post very soon. So with the Blue Peter, it, Blue Peter was a, a, a boy called Peter who was put in a crate intentionally. No, no, he, he smuggled himself oh, on like board a the ship. Oh, And then it got, like, crates got stacked up around him. Right, I get it. I so get they it. accidentally entombed him uh, for, for an entire voyage. Um, so that's my guess. Right, okay. I'm just wondering if he's uh, related to the Smurfs. <laughs> There's some kind of kids creatures family tree that you've got, and they're just they're just completely disposable because there's so many of them. It, it does sound a bit like it. It could be like a euphemism for auto erotic asphyxiation. <laughs> it's like, 
Well, yeah, he's a bit of a blue piecer, if you know what I mean. Yeah. yeah. What was the guy, Bill from Kill Bill? He, uh, he had an old blue Peter in, oh, yeah. in Thailand. Yeah. David Carradine. Him and, yeah. him and Michael Tuchens, famous for the uh, the belt and the wardrobe. <laughs> only, yeah, doing the old blue Peter. There's only are they the only two? I think. Uh, what famous blue Peters? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wasn't there a Tory MP? Uh, uh, Frank Frank Boff, probably quite a few. Frank, Frank Boff. Boff. That's not a real name. It's like like <laughs> old sports commentator. Do, yeah, didn't he get caught doing that? No. Yeah, uh, he's coking, coking uh, hookers. I think was oh, Frank's right. uh, line. I don't remember which any. The, they, which was like this was a man who used to wear cardigans on uh, when he was presenting <laughs> the sports. So when this came out, it was a real shocker. It was quite amazing. It would be like I don't know, finding out that David Attenborough was. Like um, to Blue Peter. Did, did you see uh, <laughs> a little while ago? Uh, Blue Peter presenter uh, made a joke about uh, he was fired from uh, for doing cocaine in quite copious amounts whilst presenting. Whilst he was presenting Blue Peter, he made a joke about doing cocaine with the tortoises, <laughs> and then had to make it clear, like, no, that was a joke. I did not give cocaine to tortoises. Would it speed up a task, though? Yeah, you should have seen them. They got up to, like, two and a half miles an hour. It was insane. <laughs> that I hair would be in the just... fucking rear view mirrors, wouldn't it? I think it would just kill a tortoise, to be honest. <laughs> uh, you would have to blow it to up go. its nose as well. There's no way you're getting a tortoise to actually... Is that, is that why tortoises had straws up their nose a few years ago? <laughs> I, I missed that event when yeah. the tortoise have a straw up its nose. It was like a big Facebook thing. This is why we don't have good straws anymore. Do you like you know how like oh, we yeah, all have yeah, cardboard yeah. straws now? They, they were... used to be made out of plastic and they were good. The good old days. Do you remember the good old days? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, plastic straws for days. That might be it. We might have solved a mystery in a mystery. Just been named after a guy called Peter that told a lot of naughty jokes. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> mm, okay. Uncle, exactly. Uncle Blue Uncle Peter. Peter who was... <laughs> Or he was just very depressed. He's just Blue Peter. Welcome Rudolph to Blue Sorry. Fucking Peter. And today we're going to be looking at our new dog. <laughs> he was a working men's like uh, comedian who got his own show and he got retooled to become Blue Peter. <laughs> Somebody saw him at the pub, like Vic and Bob, and thought, let's get him on on the telly. Like Apparently Jimmy Carr, like when he first started out in comedy... He did like cutesy little ukulele songs or whatever. <laughs> no one was by it, so got re- they retooled him as a tax evading cunt. <laughs> um, so this is a question that uh, was actually bugging me, um, and I kept asking my fiance about this just before she engaged to me. So that's not relevant to the question, but just. To give you an idea of this was the run up to my proposal. Um, wh- why do nipples get hard when it's cold? <laughs> like, what is the advantage of that? Why is that like an evolutionary advantage, or I, is it just like nipples are fucking weird? I think it's an. In- and then she got down on one knee and proposed to me. Or was that the? That's what. Convinced them the that deal. you were the you were the partner I, for I life. Think I, I was chatting shit, and she was like, "No, you need to stop chatting <laughs> shit. I've got something really to shy. say to you." Why don't you chat shit with me forever? 
Isn't that well? That's the theory. People get married when they run out of things to say to each other. And I think the, yeah, the nipple question was like, yeah, we've definitely reached rock bottom. Here. We might as well get married. <laughs> How's your marriage now? <laughs> I'm married. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> but going back to the nipples thing, I think it's an insulation thing. Because if you're wearing a T-shirt and your nipples are erect, it creates a slight... Um, layer of air between the t-shirt the and the outside and that will create more insulation for your body only if it's a sealed pocket of warm air because otherwise you're just letting cold air circulate mm. well if it's a <laughs> if it's against your body your body will warm it up and then that yeah you need it has to be a tucked in t-shirt which is <laughs> uh you know maybe a fashion faux pas but we're talking about survival here i reckon it was Middle Ages, right? You're wearing a suit of armor, you're going into battle. Uh-oh, armor's fallen off. It's ghosts and goblins on Sega Mega Drive, yeah? So, body reacts to it by hardening and, you know, with the, with, you know, where the goosebumps and the hairs go up and you get, like, intimidating and stuff, mm. even though you just look a little bit cold. Um, and that's it. You've got extra armor on your nipples. And I have a theory that humans used to be made entirely of nipples before the regular before armor became a thing and the nipple rescinded to their titty based <laughs> location that they're in now so that's my theory i'm sticking with it well there's a follow-up question is an erect nipple harder to cut through than a flaccid nipple hmm it would depend on the weapon uh, a sword would I, bounce I, off of it, but an arrow would go right I, through it. Achilles nipple, I believe it was originally called in the original see, Greek translation. I'm thinking like a lot, like because like there's quite a lot of give in a nipple, so if you're slashing at it, it might just like shift out of the way, and like a lot of the energy is just going to get absorbed by the skin moving laterally before you start cutting. So counterintuitively, making the nipple firmer, it might actually like be cut through more easily. Is, is this in reference to people with or without breasts? Because if you've got breasts, it's just going to bind the sword in your face. <laughs> I think in, in the Middle Ages, uh, unfortunately, I don't think it would be, it would be frowned upon for a, for a, a breasted person to be on the battlefield. <laughs> <laughs> So it was just how it is at the time. Nowadays, you know, obviously, well, you see women in armour the old time. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. Why were they called breastplates? Wishful thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't want to, like, uh, step in, like, QI here, but I can tell you the real reason. It's because, basically, they're the body's compass. So if you get cold, if there's a cold... <laughs> If there's a cold breeze, the nips go up, and if you have to look closely, it's subtle, but they will tell you where the wind is coming from, and you can just you can follow, you can find north, and get your way back home again. The body is a wonderland. I've never noticed that before. So, is that why there's a giant so, N sorry, on my nipples? So, sorry, what? So the nipples form. Do the nipples show you which way the wind is blowing from? Well, yes, and the other one. So they're not they're not really a compass so much as a weather compass. I'm finished. One tells you where the wind's coming from. The other one. How do you think compasses work? Adam? The other one is always pointing to magnetic north. 
but only oh. when they're stiff. <coughs> so I, I did not know that. I I will test that <laughs> and report back. Good. So if, it, does this count for older women as well? Because for most older women, that that is just south. You're compensating. <laughs> <in a world. laughs> Well, Adam mentioned that it is sort of like it points to north and the home, so you know it might be pointing to you know where they're going to be. Could be in the ground. <laughs> yeah, so. I didn't like that one. <laughs> <laughs> but if they so if they move with the wind, Adam. Yes. So if you tied a kite to your nipples, mm-hmm. would it be Again. able to? It would adjust um, accordingly <laughs> you know to what the I got wind. Up to last summer. Hmm? How did you know what I got up to last summer? <laughs> well, I want to know is, was it a stunt kite? Are you able to pull those tricks? Are you asking if I've got trick nips? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Quenby, I think, was the one he had the admitting to the... Uh... Yeah, it's actually, um, you know the... Uh, oh, what's it called? Tony Kite Hawks. surfing. Oh. Kites. Um, the ones which can lift you physically. I had those attached to a chain on my nipples. Oh, yeah. It's like a man, it's a man, a man called Horse with, with kites. I, <laughs> so a, a reference I, no one will get, I'm guessing. So a man called Horse? <laughs> what are you to horse? That was a good time. Yeah, he died giving himself a blue pizza. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to the Matchmaker game, where we take a fictional celebrity or a real celebrity, fictional character or a celebrity, and we uh, basically fix them up uh, with someone and uh, we make a match for them. So uh, who wants to go first here? I thought just somebody who we can fix. Who's a broken person who we can fix? Mr. Blobby. <laughs> Mr. Bo- oh, that's a good one. Mr. Blobby. <laughs> who would be a good one for Mr. Blobby? Probably one of the Teletubbies. And their children. At least Poe's. Poe is definitely oh, underage. Question. I think, I think, mm. uh, um, Tinky Winky, you know, they had a handbag, so that, you know, suggests some I, level of maturity. I think you're, I think you're misreading Mr. Blobby. I mean, clearly he got bottom energy. Uh, <laughs> he, he's very needy. He needs, you know, like a powerful man to, to, you know, give him what he needs. Um, I'm, I'm thinking, Maybe Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Oh, God, my, he think, read my mind. I, think, I was about to say the Rock. I I think he I think he could give uh, Mr. Blobby what he needs. Mr. Blobby and the Rock. Right. I'm about to rock bottom you. On a similar theory that we need a powerful man, but I'm going to go back to the mid '90s heyday, and I'm going to suggest Wolf from Gladiators. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that power couple in like 1996. Oh man! I mean, they would yeah. rule. They they would rule tea time Saturday night TV. That, that I think I think that would be like uh, if we're going with people from the same era. That's definitely the pairing. I I think like um, with those two as well. I mean, just the uh, I mean, because Blobby is sort of like some sort of emissary of chaos. I think Wolf would be a right candidate to sort of rein it. Rein it in a little bit, you know. Yeah, what I mean? could so he? Out that would it. be the challenge. I would like to see. I mean, Wolf. Wolf has has experience handling foam. Okay, like Wolf has got a lot of experience throwing people around, taking control of foam, and 
put it in its place. Like I, I think he's, I think he'd be up to the task. I wonder mm. if he maybe needs to be with someone a little bit less sexy because I don't see Mr. Blobby as being particularly <laughs> sexy. But then these other people, maybe someone like Miss Trunchbull, someone st- that's still got control but that's a bit more. Oh, from Matilda. Yeah. Make a good Ooh, couple. Yeah. I mean, I, I I think you and I have very different readings of Mr. Blobby, Suzanne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, it's a tough one, that Mr. Blobby. Because in my head, immediately, I want to set him up with somebody who is also a mascot character, you know. Not necessarily, but somebody like Gordon the Gopher. Because I don't think they'd make a good couple. The one, like, imagine those two at the drive-thru. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's ordering anything from that, you know. God on the Gopher doesn't talk. Am I remembering that? He, right? Yeah, he squeaks, squeaks, I believe. I have no okay, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Alex, what are you thinking? I'm, I'm kind of wondering, what is he made of? Like, mm. like does he like, have... Morally? Well, <laughs> I think, like, does he actually have any, aside from the mouth, any orifices? Like, I think he's just a... Kind of immediately. I don't think. Why are you interested, Alex? Because <laughs> that determines what he, what the partner would be. The I think he's partner. like a sentient blancmange in a giant condom. <laughs> <laughs> that makes you think that he needs a more of a, an emotional connection than a physical one. Because I think Wolf or the Rock would break him. Mm, true. I mean, I, maybe Wolf, but the Rock's got a gentle heart. I think, I think, um, I think Mr. Blobby can take a can take a pounding. A, I think you can. can. I, I think he I, can. I, I think he just. I, I, I fall off and like shout like that. I don't down the think Mr. Yeah, I don't read Mr. Blobby as a delicate flower. No, no. Like, he's like uh, he's tough. He's like the robot from uh, Terminator Two. You could split him in two, and he would just reform Me, again, no, okay. ready to go again. And Wolf will. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're again we're ignoring the uh, existing sexual tension between Mr. Blobby and Noel Edmonds as well. Mm. Yeah, there's something going on there. Mm. I mean, do you want to date someone you work with? Like that's got a lot of ways to go wrong. Yeah, uh, you know, Noel could introduce Mr. Blobby to the banker from Deal or No Deal. <gasps> <laughs> yes, that could be why the bankers only talk like talking like for. Every five minutes during the rounds, he's he and have, Blobby are getting it on. Ha, do we have proof of a banquet? Mr. Isn't Blobby. That's <laughs> a. I don't think we've ever actually heard the banker's voice. No. <laughs> surely they must have done it. Surely they must have done at some point where it was just like we're going to reveal the banker this episode. They must, right? I no, I don't, I don't think they ever did. It's not on anymore. Oh, my God. I, I am now imagining that every time, like, Noel's on the phone talking to the banker, it's just <laughs> Mr. Blobby whispering, whispering utter filth to him. <laughs> <laughs> See, I always pictured we'll it, it, it was just recordings of Noel that he'd done earlier, and it's just him going, you're doing great, big guy. Keep going. <laughs> you're a tiger. Yeah. You've got this. You're going to get home tonight and you're not going to cry. <laughs> a man of your age should have hair that colour. It makes sense. <laughs> oh, You've got the neatest beard. The neatest. <laughs> I think I, I think, uh, I think. the banker is probably probably a really good shout on that one. Uh, oh, sorry, Quemby. Uh, who, uh, who are you going to pick for the uh, for Blobby there? Um, 
Honestly, I quite like Wolf from Gladiator. I think I think that that's a pairing that works for me. I will go and write that fan fiction now. Thank you, everyone. <laughs> I was gonna. I thought we were doing both historical and, fi- but I'm gonna stick yep. fictional actually. Yep. No, we were doing both. Um, because I was lo- I was looking for a list of films, and I was like trying to think which is the both a character that we've all seen. Because otherwise, I, I don't want to do some obscure <laughs> Japanese film I watched yesterday. <laughs> And uh, I thought, oh, who's the most sexless character in this? And it was uh, Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> is, I think possibly has absolutely no like sexuality or chemistry or like just any kind of mm. human emotion to him. That I was like, that would be an actual challenge to try and think of a person that would mesh at all with Tom Hardy in The Dark Knight, I think Knight Rises. I think um you could have a face hugger from the uh, one of the alien movies. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be a natural fit. There's a fundamental in, incompatibility there. They can't get. They can't get it on. Well, mm. you know, oh. I think they would still get along. You know, it doesn't. It could be an asexual relationship. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, you, you, it's, I find it odd that you mentioned that he's not a, a sexual character because, like. When he first appears without his shirt, that was just like, fucking hell, Tom, you've got in shit for this, mate. I okay, I think I think we learned a bit about about Josh's. It was a pack cinema. It was the front row. It was right. It, <laughs> he's a big man. He's a big but man he's, with he's, very. He's a short. He's a short man, but he's also, he's a big man. He's a big man who looks like he's got very soft lips. I've always thought. <laughs> See, I don't know yeah. if Bane canonically has Tom Hardy's face. I think he has his eyes. True, but yeah. We don't know what his lips look like. Yeah. I, anyone, anyone got something horny to say about his eyes? Just to get it all out there. I don't know. I need to look at a picture of him again. Just for comfort. Please don't do it while we're on camera. I mean, yeah. What? That, that's for later. Oh, no. <laughs> Josh, Josh, put the belt away. <laughs> oh my god. And a special hello to everyone watching on OnlyFans. <laughs> do we do we think he'd want someone big and strong like him? Or does he want opposite yes. energy? Alright, so yes. how I about think, China? I think the dead needs- wrestler China. <laughs> yeah. Dead wrestler China. Yeah. If you're not familiar, it's worth a Google. <laughs> I, I could see I could see I, that. She played. I think, I think I would go in the opposite direction. I think he needs someone like very soft and loving to to sort of like Mary Berry. Give him a space where he can. <laughs> Mary <up>. Berry. <laughs> Mary Berry. I think I think because someone mentioned Miss Trunchbull, I was thinking uh, Miss Honey. Oh yeah. Because um, yeah. like she's she's very understanding and open minded and caring. I think. I think he could potentially like really, really blossom in that relationship. I think just imagining like like Bane as he's in the comics. Because in the comics, he's always like twice the size of everyone else because of mm. his like massive muscles. But him like shuffling about in that house, <laughs> a little little cottage thing that was in a city. Memory serves. What are you talking about, <laughs> Matilda? Miss oh, Honey's like weird oh, yeah, cottage yeah. thing. And it was, mm. was it like an inner sea or something like that? I can't remember Matilda that well, if I'm being honest with you. But yeah, that cottage yeah. shouldn't shouldn't have any place in 
a major city in the United States. But anyway, yeah, Miss Honey, that's oh, that's a good shout. That. I was just thinking, actually, like Bane has a tendency in that film to break people's necks or backs. Would Mister Blobby would not be a good <laughs> because he physically can't be <laughs> broken in any kind of way. Someone's got to be quite rigorous to take Bane on. Mm. You think, like in the, in the throes of sexual ecstasy, he might snap their neck by accident? He might just, yeah. <laughs> right. We've all so been that's there. Why he means like somebody, somebody with a really good neck. Mm. Well, we're back to the Terminator Two robot or an owl. Someone with an owl neck. <laughs> can just, can just keep spinning it. <laughs> oh, uh, the girl from The Exorcist, but grown up. <laughs> Linda Blair. I, I, didn't see that. <laughs> I was thinking maybe somebody with good, uh, kind of a nice speaking voice that could maybe <laughs> get, you know, James Mason or uh, Ian McKellen, something like that there, just to see if we could get, get him a few elocution lessons. <laughs> Maybe, it I, might be like you know, like when uh, Sooty um, like whispers <laughs> into the blocks and blocks here, and then he translates it. It'd be like that sort of situation. Who was the guy from that? Was it Pat Sharp? No, uh, Pat no. Sharp and Ben. Oh. Hey, oh, sorry, you're talking about Sooty or? No, who was the guy who presented Sooty and Sweep? I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, Let's just go with Pat Sharp. It's not. So, Pat so Sharp. I think you're suggesting. Yeah. Let's go with it. So you're suggesting that. Bane should date an ASMR podcaster. Uh, <laughs> oh, maybe. How about Bob Ross? His voice would like soothe oh. them into submission. Yes. I think I think a hobby like that would be good. Like I, I can see that. I liked Mary Berry as well because I was just like I can't imagine anyone being violent in her presence. But Bob Ross also has a, a soothing effect. I believe both Bane and Bob Ross have Funko Pops of them, so, you know, they, they could, that could work. But guys, why are we trying to change Bane? Maybe he's happy <laughs> as he is, you know? <laughs> Folks, what are we saying here? I don't like Bane, because he tried <laughs> to launch a nuclear Murder thing. everyone. What was his... Wait, why, yeah. yeah, why was he trying to... Launch a new King Gotham scene yeah, what's, in that what's film. What's Bane's deal? He was um, at the League of Shadows, wasn't he? He was there because Gotham had grown too decadent. Yeah. Huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. But he gave them three months to do nothing. He set a bomb with a very vague timeline while he was in the oh. city. Um, where he could have just done it immediately, which would have like achieved his purpose. <laughs> And the film would have been a lot shorter. Yeah. <laughs> a lot more uh, tolerable as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was not a good film. I like it. It's too long, though. Mm. So who are you saying, Alex, for uh, Ben? Um, I like that if you've got Bob Ross and Ben, they've got a, a normal amount of hair between them. Um, <laughs> I think that... <laughs> I think that Bob's like happy little trees would have a good like like calming influence on Bane. Um, also, Bob could paint, you know, those muscles for Josh. Bob Ross was in the army, wasn't he? Was yeah. he a drill instructor? Yeah, he had to shout every day, and um, after he left, he said that it shouted so much that he was never going to shout again. Mm. That's why he's so softly spoken, apparently. Mm. Never knew that. So he's probably killed a few people by snapping their necks as well. <laughs> <laughs> like, 
you can't be chilled out, uh, chilled out all the time. Yeah, I'm definitely hiding something. Her, him and Mary Berry. <laughs> Suzanne. Yeah, sure. Um, oh, Inspector Gadget. Ooh. <laughs> I mean, which woman wouldn't want Gadget? gadget. <laughs> Fine. Sorry, what was that, Quimby? I don't really know Inspector Gadget. Oh, right. Um, he was a, a cartoon character from the 80s. Who I think he's older than yeah. that. Yeah. Basically, it seemed to exist entirely out of, out of uh, gadgets. Basically, they were in him. He was a robot man, and yeah. whatever the plot needed, he had a gadget for it. But, it was but never... he wore a raincoat, so he was respectable and sensible. And he never said, I. he wasn't, he seemed human, but just seemed to have a lot of um, okay. amendments have been done to him. He'd so, been, uh... so good match yeah. for someone who likes sex toys then? Because he's going to yeah, yeah. have a gadget for well, every occasion. Well, it down to everyone. He always, he always had just the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> for the moment if, if you recall though he was quite incompetent it was his yeah. niece and the dog yeah, that did most of yeah. the actual uh, crime stopping how did Inspector Gadget come to be because he has a niece did... was it his niece was he a normal man who was I th- well, this, he never, they never kind of said oh he's a robot he seemed like he was a no, he, he didn't he have an accident wasn't modified. it like a Robocop ah uh, yeah uh, was it I was thinking was it was there, a Robocop there situation an, there is an origin story is there I feel like he was well. There's. Have you seen the Matthew Broderick film? I might be combining the cartoon. I have not. No. Oh, that's really terrible. You should watch that. Like um, he gets into a car crash at the start of the film, um, and he had not Matthew uh, Broderick. By the way, is this before or after Matthew Broderick killed somebody? I think this was before. Did he get like a two hundred pound a... fine for that? Oh yeah, that was he all he got. Country. It was in Ireland. Yeah, no, well, he was, uh, allegedly he was driving on the wrong side of the road. Um, oh, that makes sense. But yeah, yeah, in the film, he he gets involved in the thing, and then they put a lot of gadgets in him by accident. I think or something like that. It's a terrible well, like film. When they leave like a scalpel in somebody after surgery. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but they're just doing it at like a Red Five shop or something. Um. But yeah, there's definitely some kind of um, backstory to it. What would what would what kind of woman would like need all those gadgets? Mary Berry. Well, yeah, I was thinking of cooking. Will be a fucking breeze with that. Was in that eating that. No worries. Can inspect a gadget? I can't remember. This is going to be half of us remembering. Oh, I can't remember this particular. It's Gadget, the one with the claw, by the way, the evil guy, and he, you only ever oh, saw yes. his his fist. I'll get you next time, Gadget. Gadget. Yeah, that guy. Yeah. Yes. Do you guys remember how they revealed his face? Did no. they reveal his face? The claws. They face? did. Re- they did reveal his face. It wasn't in the cartoon. It was in McDonald's Happy Meals. That was the <laughs> first time. You saw, uh, was is it Doctor Claw? I think it was. That was the first time you saw his yeah. face, and he looks like the bloke from the Wheatos box. <laughs> he looks like shit. <laughs> was mad. Um, but yeah, going back to inspecting that shit. Somebody, well, I mean, somebody mentioned the T one thousand earlier on um, from Terminator Two. Yeah, 
that seems I that'd be compatible. Like, like, no, but no, no. Messy if you get I, that. I'm pretty sure metal. the T1000 was Mac and Mr. Gadget's Android. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you said he, he's a man, though. He's not like I don't think you'd want to get it on with a sort of cold killing machine. He is still a bloke. Hmm. Yeah, you yeah, want a cy- you want a cyborg. Is that not everyone's fantasy to <laughs> fuck a killer robot? Okay, no, just me. That'd just be the that'd be the last fantasy, <laughs> or the final fantasy. One might say. Oh, terrible! Who was, um... That's how I'm going to commit suicide. <laughs> yeah, it's a kid fucking Find killer the robot. robot. What about the 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 most recent uh, Battlestar Galactica and the Cylon in the red dress, who was a very attractive lady? Couldn't tell you the character's no. name. Because <laughs> I genuinely don't remember. But she was a, technically a, a machine. Hmm. I think. Were they, were they all machine? Or did they have any organic oh. component? You know, I've, I've brought this character into it without really thinking it through. <laughs> I don't know, what about, don't know enough. What about Data from Star Trek Next Generation? Hmm... Because he's sort of a logical foil to... Because he's sort of Next Generation's version of Spock, the logical dude. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and he's a robot as well, so they've got plenty in common. Because Data is uh, a robot who wants to become a human. Um, and obviously, Inspector Gadget, we think, was a human who became a robot. So he's still got a human head. If, I, think, I think he's like... Yeah, yeah. His head is human, aside from the helicopter blades which come out of his hat. <laughs> come his hat. And then yeah. his like his entire body is like just made up of like a Swiss Army knife. Does that mean that the hat is part of his head and can never actually be removed? <laughs> I think so. I don't know if he's ever doesn't wear it. Oh wow! What a tragic story this is. I never <laughs> thought about it before. This is awful. Yeah, it's. Would him I maybe go back and re- try and remember Inspector Gadget more? I know this is more, less of an opposite, but more of a. They both know their struggles of surely Robocop, because they're basically the yeah. same thing. Um, of course, like they they they'd understand each other. I th- yeah, I think Inspector Gadget would because so- they're both in law enforcement as well. Mm. Um, that'd be a hell of a hell of a team. Hell of a crossover, <laughs> Inspector Gadget <laughs> Robocop. <laughs> Yeah, I think one of them's either going to have to be more violent or less violent yeah. in that cross-up. <laughs> I want to see an R-rated Inspector Gadget movie. Oh, yeah. Ooh, what oh, about great. a thruple with Cagney and Lacey from the 70s? <laughs> they were cops. <laughs> they were from the 70s, so I have no idea what you're on about. 70s? 80s? Oh, Cagney so I and thought Lacey. it was 70s. They were two badass lady cops. They were taking down bad lady guys. cops. And they were women. <gasps> <I know. gasps> In the 70s. Law enforcement. Oh, my God. But, yeah, I don't know. Would they be up for the weird hijinks that uh, Inspector Gadget got, in, got up to? No, they're a bit too straight-laced for that, I think. You need somebody with a little bit of... Who can have a laugh, like Robot Cop. <laughs> Robot Cop? <laughs> Robot Cop. <laughs> Robot Cop. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Daft Punk. May they rest in peace, both of them. Sad news. Sad, very yeah. sad news. 
Uh, Suzanne, do any of these ones sound appealing to uh, to your shooter there? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, with robots, I worry that if they've got like screws from the same company, then they might be like related, and it might lead to a bit of cheeky <laughs> incest. So I think I'm going to go back to Mary Berry. <laughs> Mary Berry. Yes. Yeah, so always check your always check your manufacturing sources before you get in, if you're a cyborg before getting into bed with another cyborg. If you've liked the show, please hit the subscribe button. And if you really like us, give us a five-star review or even tell a friend. You can do both or neither. It's your life. Do what you want. We'll see you next time. Yeah, given given that this is a pilot episode that's never going to be broadcast, I'm going to ask the call. Well, it might. Well, not after I ask this question. It's not. <laughs> oh no. Uh, <laughs> uh oh. Uh, I, I was pondering what the first creature uh, to ever commit suicide was, because <laughs> just I don't know. Clapos. <laughs>